0: Sacrifice in being here. I pray that the Lord would help me tonight deliver this word that He gave me. I pray that God would anoint it, and I know He will because it's His word. Amen. But we're going to go to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. reading at verse 7, go down to verse 13, and then we'll go to Genesis 19. It says, And there was strife between the herdmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. The Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled them in the land. Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left land, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. That it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Skipping down to Genesis 19, begin reading at verse 15. It says, and when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters. And the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad. That he had said, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Verse 20 says, Lot said, behold, this city is near to flee unto. And it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither is not a little one. And my soul shall live. Twenty-two says, "Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither." Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar, or insignificant. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstones and fire from the Lord out of heaven, and he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities. That which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him. And she became a pillar of salt. Tonight for just a little while I want to talk to you on the subject. Standing in freedom but still not free. Standing in freedom but still not free. Can we go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Lord we love you so much. God I thank you for your presence that is in this place. God, I need your help right now. Lord, I need your anointing to rest upon me. God, anoint these lips of clay, God, that they would share your word. God, I pray that you would move in this place tonight in a mighty way, God, and that we would accept this word with open hearts. God, and tonight we praise you in advance for what you are going to do, and we give you glory and honor and praise in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Let us take notice tonight that Sodom is not where Lot and his wife were born and raised. The story did not just take place in Genesis chapter 1. There were things that had taken place that led to this. You see, God began instructing Abraham to take his family and to leave. And Abraham left not really knowing where he was going. But Abraham knew that God was on his side, and just as he always did, he obeyed God. Abraham knew what God had promised. Abraham knew that God was going to take care of him. And so Abraham was a gentleman and allowed his nephew Lot to determine which direction he and his group would travel. Lot begins to look around, and the Bible says that he begins surveying his options, As they came upon that fork in the road. The Bible says, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. That it was well watered everywhere. He looked one direction and he didn't see much. Just looked like your common and ordinary land. And then he saw the greener grass on the other side. And he looked towards Jordan and he saw the potential. He saw what was already cultivated. He saw that it was move-in ready, and he and his family would not have to do any extra work. They wouldn't have to labor. It was a no-brainer for him. It was the perfect paradise for he and his family. So he in his efforts, he had his eyes set on Zoar, a place he would have been safe. A place he would not have been in a heap of mess. It was a place of insignificance. It was a little place. A place of safety. But the Bible says that he pitched his tent towards Sodom. Or as the NLT says, Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom. You see, Lot knew the evil of Sodom. And for a while, the fear of living there probably outweighed the benefits of living in a thriving town. But a lot changed, and they became comfortable. When he pitched his tent towards Sodom, the predictable pattern of future tragedy was settled. And by that early decision to move near those wicked cities. But but I am am sure Lot thought like we did. Well, I, I can live by Sodom and not be a Sodomite. I can live in the world but not be of the world. Just because I am close to those things does not mean that I am involved in those things. Believe me, I know me. I am Abraham's nephew. I have prayed at Abraham's altars he has built. I am strong and I know that I can live near Sodom and be fine. He probably never intended to live in Sodom. But he did want to be close enough he could enjoy its commodities and the economic opportunities of such a trade capital. His goal was not to backslide. His desire was not to be a rebel and see what the least was he could do. Lot's move was prompted by selfish concern over temporal advantages. And he had no intention of losing anything. After all, he was just living by Sodom. But even in his greatest intentions, the impact of Sodom had such an impact on his family that they wanted to move not only closer, but they moved right in. From Genesis 13, where Lot got close to Sodom, it's only in chapter 14 that it tells us he had made Sodom his home. Genesis 14 and 12 says they also captured Lot, Abraham's nephew, who lived in Sodom. So what started out a journey to Zoar, what set out to be a safe place for he and his family, he became a surrounding neighborhood of Sodom and he became a full-time resident. Thankfully, in the New Testament, God gives us a warning of this situation and people like this. He tells us that the loss of spiritual power takes place gradually. He said, and because of iniquity or self-desires shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. As pressures of conformity and compromise crowded in, the faith gradually slips away and disappears. His direction set him out for a land called Zohar, but his desires bound him in Sodom. His plan to guard the spiritual interest of his family failed to materialize. He said, family, we're going to go and we're setting out for a safe place. We're setting out to live for God. We're going to go a separate way from Abraham, but we're going to continue to live for God. We're going to continue to do the right thing, and we're setting our eyes on that place, not this place. Because this place is wicked. This place is vile. But we're trying to get to that place. So so we're going to make sure that we pray and have devotion with the family every night. We're going to make sure that we're faithful to the house of God on Sunday and Wednesday. We're going to make sure our young people are faithful on Friday nights. But some things just didn't work out that way. All his plans for counteracting the wickedness with stricter prayer schedules and family devotions didn't seem to work out as planned. I'm sure at first it rubbed him the wrong way when they heard the bad language at the job. Then he had to watch with alarm the growing desire his family was getting for this perverted lifestyle of their friends. One compromise led to another until finally he must have become totally demoralized over the rebellion of his worldly friends and family. They had not only moved into Sodom, but they now have allowed Sodom to move into them. They had learned to live on the edge. They had learned to live in a place of commonness. It didn't bother them like it once did. The foul, unnatural tendencies of the people no longer rubbed them the wrong way. You know, In all of our world and everything that's going on, it does not bother me to see the world accept the things it's accepting. What bothers me is when godly apostolic people who know truth begin accepting those things. And it's really not that big a deal, Brother Landon, because it's just the way that it is. I understand it's the way the world is. I understand it's the way that Sodom is. But we are not of this world. This world is not our home. I'm setting my place for a safe place. I'm setting my desires on a city on a hill. I'm setting my desires to a place called heaven. I don't care what else is going on around me. I've got my goal set and I know where I'm trying to get to. I don't care what the world calls normal. I don't care what the people out there think about what's going on out there. All I know is what this word says. And this word is truth. This word is life. If this says it's sin, it's sin. If this says to do this, then you better do it. If this says don't do this, then you don't need to do it. Quit looking for a way out. Quit looking for a way to be comfortable and compromised. They didn't participate, but they didn't care what everyone else decided to do. In spite of all of Lot's wonderful intentions... Devastation was on his horizon. lot I'm sure at times had the bug bunny issue where he was trying to get to this place, but he ended up somewhere else, and all he could say is I knew I should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque. I knew I should have went with what I felt. I knew I should have followed the signs and stuck to the map. but but when I was there with Abraham, I, I looked to the right and I didn't see much. The, 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 much that I could have, it didn't have the potential like this place had. But but I, I should have went with what I felt, but the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Thankfully, there was a merciful God who had been in communication with his uncle. And God sent men to come to save Lot and his family from Sodom. He said, see, there is a small village nearby... Lot was telling these men, please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. So the angels tell them, okay, let's let's get you there. Let's escape to it. The village was known as Zoar, which means little place or insignificant. And they go and they're on their way there. And the Bible says that as they entered in, Lot's wife looked back. As she was falling behind him, she turned into a pillar of salt. You see, Lot knew there was a place. He knew all about Zoar because when he left, that was where he was going. He knew of a safe place he could take his family. He knew of a safe little insignificant place on the map that he could grow and he could start all over. But who wants to live in a small village? After all, we set out on this direction because all this land had to offer. Lot had good intentions. He intended to go somewhere else. He intended for his family to be safe. But Sodom had the bigger school. Sodom had more jobs to offer, so who could blame him? After all, Sodom was a happening place. And Sodom was full of life. But little did he know that Sodom would soon be full of death. But the day came where because of Abraham... God was showing mercy to Lot and his family. Lot and his family were taken out by the angel of the Lord. You see, Lot is not much different than many of us. It's not that we take the easy way out. We just do what we think is best. But Lot faced an issue literally and figuratively. He had his direction set towards Zoar, but stopped short of Zoar and ended up in Zoar. I wonder how many of us in here tonight had our dreams and our desires to be somewhere else tonight, but we stopped short of those desires. I wonder how many of us had a call of God on our life, and we wanted to do something with that call, but on our journey, somewhere along the way, we just got tired. We just got weary, and so we just decided to compromise. I know that there are some here tonight who have decided to settle in Sodom, but know that you can still escape to Zoar. What was supposed to be a short stop for some snacks and a refuel became a place he and his family were compelled to stay. He stopped to smell the roses and he enjoyed it enough to stay. And the day came where the angels came heeding warnings for them to leave. Lot's daughters mocked. And Lot's wife didn't move. They were reluctant. Even with messages from the Lord, they were hesitant to leave. They had not only moved into Sodom, now they have planted themselves there. When the angel was saying, you've got to get out. You've got to flee. You've got to get out of this place of comfort. And you've got to escape. And you've got to run for your life. I can't understand with angels of the Lord there before them how they could say, I just can't leave all of this behind. I can't leave my life here. I can't leave my home here. So thankfully, the the angels were compassionate enough to say, you know what? We're not giving you a choice. We're going to take you by the hand and we're going to drag you out of here with death at their door. The Bible says they lingered. With life and security awaiting them in Zoar, they lingered. No doubt they knew something was serious for these messengers of God to be in their home. No doubt they knew what they should do and wanted to be saved. Yet they lingered. But after all, that's how they got stuck in Sodom in the first place. When Lot knew they should continue to Zoar, they lingered. When it bothered them at how the sodomites acted, they lingered. They lingered until their children were grown and married sodomites and are lost in the world. But God would not relent. He wanted to see them saved. So the angel grabbed them by the hand and drug them away. The angels cried, run for your life. Whatever you do, don't look back. This was finally their opportunity to get it right. They had been sent on their way to Zoar. That place he had in his mind all along, he was finally getting to go. But what about my friends? What about the life we built there? What about everything I paid for? I know it was an evil place, but it was home. I know the people were wicked, but they kind of started rubbing off on me. While her feet were in salvation... Her eyes were in the wrong direction, and God turned her into a pillar of salt. It is a shame to me that you could be standing in a place of salvation and still perish. It is a shame you can cast out devils and sit on a pew and be faithful to midweek service and still be lost. How can that be? Because your feet may be here, but your heart is still in Sodom. How how can I live this way, God? How can I live with a, with a double heart, a double standard in my life? But unfortunately for her, God is a jealous God. He gave a command for no one to look back. But you see, she was only partially committed. She had a heart divided. One thing we can be certain of is there will be no divided hearts in heaven. There will be no half surrender. This is why Jesus said, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. How can people become so blind and deceived that they feel securely saved while willfully breaking God's commandment? But sadly, Lot's wife is before us as a tragic example of a divided heart. The Bible tells us that no man can serve two masters. Jesus, when speaking of the end times, he he begins to say all the things that you need to remember. And of all the things you would think he could tell them in that moment, of all the people he could call out, he could have called out Abraham and Moses and David and said, you need to be like them. You need to act like they acted. You need to be like David and seek me. But he said, remember lot's wife many find themselves in mrs lot's shoes they find no time to pray yet have tons of time for facebook they read magazines of half truths instead of reading the truth they numb themselves to things that they know are wrong because they want to live that way We have become so intertwined with our world that we become numb to things that five years ago would have cut us and put us to our knees to pray. Little by little, we have allowed ourselves to accept things into our lives because it's the way that culture is. It's just the way that our world is, Brother Landon. I I know that it used to be that way 20 years ago. I know when when we first started teaching and preaching this, it was this way. But now our world has changed a little bit, so it's this way. No, the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever He said that he changes not and him is no wavering or turning. God gave Lot and his family an ultimatum. He said, come out from among them and be separated from those I'm going to pour out my wrath upon. Or stay there with them and perish. It's not about where your feet are. It's about where your eyes are. Lot's wife did not turn into a pillar of salt running from Sodom. She did not turn into a pillar of salt when she crossed the county line of Zoar. She turned her eyes after they had made it out of the city and entered into Zoar. She looked back at devastation while standing in freedom. She was standing in freedom, yet still not free. We ask ourselves, if I'm a Christian, how did I ever entertain myself with that? It's because our feet are in grace, but our eyes are in a wanderlust for the valley. Her feet were standing in salvation, but she died because of a moment of reminiscing. I ask myself, how in the world could a mother have her two girls with her and her husband desire when she's got those people there with her and say, I'm now in a safe place. I'm now in a place that we can start over. And as long as I've got my family here, that's all that I need. I know that God has drawn us out. And as long as I've got my husband and my babies here with me, then I know everything is going to be all right. I don't understand the hold Sodom had on her heart until I look at our world and I see those same people not only out in our world, but those same people who are coming and sitting on pews. Who are here today and they're they safe with their family. They're in a safe place here in the sanctuary. But their heart is still stuck in Sodom. There are still things in their life that they desire in the world. Well, I know I'm here in church, but I, I'd really rather be out there with my friends. I know I'm here in church and we're in a safe place. But you don't understand, I've got loved ones out there and and, and I, I like to hang out with them sometimes. And it's okay to just be by them. And it's okay to just slip on by and just kind of be there. I don't understand that. Because if a mother's love was to have her children and her husband there, then that should have been all that she needed. But to understand the hold that Sodom had. It's no wonder that Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. In those days when there is wicked all around, there's going to be some who find themselves standing in a safe place and are still lost. There's going to be some that come and say, Lord, we did many works in your name. We cast out devils. He's going to look at them and say, I never knew you. I never knew you. Jesus said, any man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is not fit for the kingdom of God. It does not matter where you say you stand if your eyes are on your past. It does not matter where you're standing today. If you're standing in freedom, you can still not be saved. Can we all stand in this house tonight? God, you see each and every heart and soul. God, you see those, Lord, that had great intentions when they started off this walk with you. God, you've seen the desires in their heart. God, the ambitions, Lord, of what they desired for their family. God, and today they stand here today with remnants. God, they stand here today with just pieces, God, of that dream. God, and they are longing for a place of safety. God, they are longing for a place that they can be saved from this wicked world. God, we know that we are living in a day, God, that is just as bad, if not worse, than Sodom and Gomorrah. God, and there are people, God, perhaps even under the sound of my voice today, God, that though they are standing here in this place, God, their heart is in Sodom. God, they've got their family here with them. They've got everything that you would think that they would need, God. But there's something about that hold. God, I pray that you would help us tonight. God, help us to go to that place we intended. God, we set out, Lord, on this journey. God, we wanted to be a Sunday school teacher. God, we wanted to be a soul winner. God, we wanted to turn this church upside down. God, we came to Greater Life Church with great dreams and great burdens. God, and we wanted to do something great for you, God. But somewhere along the way, we just got comfortable. God, we just got to a place where your word become nothing more, God, than a thought in the back of our mind. God, that burden you gave us, God, has been buried. God, it's been buried, God, by ruins of a place called Sodom. God, I didn't intend for it to go this long. God, when I started out, I didn't intend to go this far. God, I intended to go to a different place. God, I'm sorry that my addiction got out of control. God, I I never intended for it to go this far. I was trying to get somewhere else. God, I did what I thought was best, not what you thought. God, I took my way and not your way. God, and somehow when I set out for a place of humility, I set out for a place of insignificance, a little place. God, that's all I longed for was to just be in a small place. God, but I put my vision in the wrong direction. God, I set my tent in the wrong way. God, and somehow I ended up living in a place. God, for far too long. God, I've lost my kids. God, I feel like I've lost my spouse. I feel like I've lost my home. God, I feel like I've lost everything. God, help me to get to that little place. Help me to get to that place of safety. This altar is your Zohar tonight. This altar is a place for you to run to and find safety. And God is telling you tonight, don't look back. Whatever you're leaving behind, don't look back. There's nothing behind you but destruction. There's nothing behind you but a wasteland. I'm calling you somewhere greater. I'm trying to save your soul. I'm trying to protect you and your family. Oh, God, call us away from this place.